the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Getting God's perspective on what a prosperous church really looks like. That's coming up next. Join us. Prosperity. Used in the Christian context, that word can be loaded. It can mean a variety of things to a variety of different people. So what does a prosperous church look like from a biblical perspective? Well, there's a great illustration found in Acts chapter 9. And that is where we catch up with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman as we continue our look at a prosperous church, a look we began yesterday. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast. I share this story with the church often. I, uh, years ago, I used to run with this, this, this pastor. Good guy, love the guy. But I was, I was getting ready to meet with him, and I had a dream. In the dream, I visited his church. I'm in this dream. I'm visiting his church, and, he, and I'm walking through the church with him. And he's showing me all the stuff, you know, all the, all the stuff. Man, look at this, man. We just got this. We got that. And he's telling me about all this stuff. But when I'm looking at the ground, all I see is trash all over the floor in the church. I just see trash everywhere, just trash, trash. And I'm walking through here, and I see the trash. He sees the trash, but he doesn't think it's trash. So he says, stay right here. I'm going to leave and go over here and handle some business, and I'll be right back. So when he left, I said, man, I got to help my brother out. I got to clean this up. I went and I started grabbing all of his trash. And I took all the trash, and I put it in the trash bag, and I, and I went out to my car, and I put his trash in the back of my car, and I was going to take it and dump it for him. Me and him walked out the church. He gets in my car with me. And he looks in the back seat. He says, hey, what are you doing with all my trash? That's my trash. I said, I said, bro, I just got it because it was all over the ground. It was everywhere, man. I was trying to clean it up for you, trying to get it out. He said, no, that's my trash. I want my trash. And he got out, took the trash, and got out my car and went back in the church. And then I woke up. I went back in the but I share that dream to share, to share this with you. Some people like their trash. And you could try to help them. You could try to tell them you need to stop. That's trash. That's, get this garbage out your life. But, but some people like it. That's, that's, to them, that's keeping it real. And what we have to understand is that what we have to understand is God's trying to build us up and edify us. And in the midst of that, sometimes he's going to try to get trash out of our life. He's going to try to, he's trying to get it out of our churches. 
But some people have grown so accustomed to it, it's familiar to them, and they don't mind it. We have to get to a place in our life where we are sick and tired of trash and garbage and stuff in our lives that's weighing us down. Can I have an amen, y'all? But this is where edification comes in. The church should be full of people that are growing and maturing and that are willing to take their trash out. And say, come on, Lord, continue to build me up and strengthen me. And so we see that they, and this is a sign of a prosperous church when people are being edified like this. He says in in 31, verse 31, he says, And walking in the fear of the Lord and comfort of the Holy Spirit, they will multiply. He says, and walking in the fear of who? Of the Lord. This is one of the things, and I talk about this often, this is one of the major problems in Christendom, is people don't have the fear of God. But this is a sign of a healthy church. When we cultivate the fear of the Lord, when we develop a healthy, reverential awe of the Lord, and we are in a position where everything we do, our hearts just is to be pleasing to God, and we live our lives before God. That, Lord, I want to make sure that I have the fear of God. I'm not worried about people finding out about nothing. I'm not worried about this person saying that. Every day, in every moment, every second, every millisecond, the Holy Ghost is watching me. And the fear of the Lord is a thing that turns people away from sin. We have to get this back in the church. This is a sign of a healthy church. It's hard for me to say that a church is truly prospering if they don't have the fear of God there. That there's no healthy fear of God. When you overemphasize grace and you pervert God's grace or you do those type of things, you rob people from the healthy fear of the Lord. And what happens is now people, they, they could care less of the way of, about the way God thinks. For us saints, we want to have a church that truly is prospering. What are one of the signs that a church is prospering? They got the fear of the Lord. People have the fear of the Lord. That you know what? It's, it, it, whether you're here, whether you're out there, man, I live my life before God. And in case you don't know, God doesn't play around. Pick up your Bible and read it. I read some of the stuff here in this Bible, and I actually believe this. So when I read people dropping dead and different things like that, I'm like, mm-mm, the devil is a lie. I read this stuff in the Bible, and I, and I actually, I say, you know what, this is real. God doesn't play around. And then you watch it in real life. And but, people, but some people think that God has a different set of rules for them. And he just loves them way more than everybody else. And so whatever they want to do is fine. But for us, we have to see that the fear of the Lord is a healthy thing. It's not a bad thing. This is a sign of prosperity of a church, of the prosperity of the church. You walk in, man, these people got the fear of God. They don't play around with God. People, people have become so common with the Lord. Oh, he is a God's all right. You know, I'm not worried about him. You know, that's how people just think. But they don't realize that, wait a minute, man, you can't. Don't you tempt the Lord. I was telling the brothers over there at the Raiders today, don't, he says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Don't mess around with him. And what happens is people think that's a bad thing because the world, because you know why the devil, he, he doesn't want people to have the fear of God. He wants people to be disrespectful to the Lord, treat him any kind of way. 
act like he's one of their homeboys or their co-pilots and all this other stuff. No, God is God. He is the God of the universe. He created your eyeballs, your hands, your feet, all your molecule and DNA, everything. He formed. Can I have an amen, y'all? God is the God creator God. And all of us are able to, to live on this planet and are able to survive because of his goodness and his mercy and love shown towards us. We did not make ourselves. And for us, we have to see that the fear of the law of the Lord is an appropriate thing. When you're coming before the God of the universe, there's a healthy respect that all of us should have for the Lord. That, man, we don't come in as fools. We come in as wise. And we're slow to speak and quick to hear. We have to learn to have this reverence towards God. Right now, within our culture, people are just disrespectful towards any form of authority. They're disrespectful to mama, disrespectful to daddy, disrespectful to the government, to the, to the, to the uh, police department, everybody. I don't care about authority. And then they come into the relationship with God like that. But God is not a man. Can I have an amen, y'all? We have to realize that God is real and he does not play. He loves us and has shown us how much he loves us. But he's not going to tolerate our disrespect for too long. Can I have an amen? We got to get this back in the church. This is old school preaching right here. This is how the old folks survived. This is how they made it out of their mess and their garbage. This is how they were sustained. This is how they used to preach back in the day. Now we got this fluffy message where nobody want to talk about how God needs to be reverenced, how God needs to be respected, how God needs... Woo! I feel, I feel something this morning. We got to get back to that. That God is real. And you keep playing around with God, God will strike you down. And then he won't apologize for it because he's the God of the universe. My God. He's the God that created the star and the moon and the sun and the galaxies. He's the God that formed the earth. He's the God that carved out the rocks and the seas. He's the one who did it. Not man, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not nobody, not you, not me. It's God. And he needs... I'm done. I'm about to fly out of this place. I'm about to fly out of this place talking about God. I'm about to fly out of this place. Woo, my God. We got to get the fear of God back in the house of God. We got to get it back. Woo, my God. I teach my kids, my son, no, don't play around with God. I teach my son, my kids early. Don't mess around with God. We got to get this back in the house of God, y'all. We done lost it. But this, but this is a sign of prosperity. And the devil, he fights this. Oh, God's just mean and he doesn't love. He's, listen, God's not mean, but he's God. So respect him and honor him. You wouldn't be here if he, if he had not thought of you. Stop thinking it was your mom and daddy that brought you here. It wasn't your mama and daddy that brought you here. God brought you here. He's the great creator. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? And so he says here, he says here, not only the fear of the Lord, he says, but comfort of the Holy Spirit. And this is where the balance comes in. Yes, God has to be feared, but God has also sent forth his spirit to comfort us. 
And that doesn't mean that he's going to make us comfortable. Because people think that means comfortable. Like the church is never going to have to have any, any valleys. But he's going to comfort. And for all of us, the, the Spirit of God, his presence in our services, in our lives, in our homes. This is what we need. This is what we need. <laughs> Let me share your story again. So I'm over here this morning, the Raiders. And Jack Del Rio, he's a strong Catholic. So he goes to the, chap- the, the, the Catholic Mass while we have our, our chapels over here with the other guys on the team. So we're, we're sitting there talking in the, uh, in the cafeteria area. He said, oh, man, so how'd your service go this morning? I said, man, it was good, man. We had a good time. He said, he said uh, you brought the spirit, didn't you? He said, he said, you brought the Spirit, didn't you? I said, yeah, yeah, we, I brought the Spirit, man. We bring the Holy Ghost in here. He said, yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. I was like, okay, okay, brother. Okay, brother. He said, that's what we need. That's what we need. We need the Holy Ghost in our services. We need the Holy Ghost in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. And when we, when we allow the Holy Spirit... To have his place in our lives, in our services, in our church community, in the world. Then we're going to find true comfort. We'll have to, then, we'll, then people realize you don't have to pop all these pills. You ain't got to drink all that. You don't got to put this. You don't got to shoot yourself up with this. And you don't have to shoot yourself up with that. Sit back and let the Holy Ghost just saturate you with his presence. And just overwhelm you with his goodness. And let him comfort you. There's going to be troubles. There's going to be mess ups. There's going to be stuff. But we also have to know that, listen, the person that we need to turn to is the Holy Ghost. This was a sign of prosperity. These people had the Spirit of God moving in their midst. He was there. He was comforting the people. He was encouraging the people and comforting the people. He is the paraclete. He comes alongside us. He leads us. He guides us into all truth. He helps us when we're at our weakest moment. He knows how to build us up. We have to develop our intimacy with the Spirit of God. Know that He is the one who has been assigned to lead the church through the dark times that we're living in right now. It's His assignment to lead us. Well, saints, we have to let the Holy Ghost have His place. We can't just say, well, we're going to have services and, you, and, and we're just worried about how many people show up. No, I'm worried about the Holy Ghost showing up. And what can we do to make sure that if there's two people in there, that the Holy Ghost is here and somebody getting delivered? Whoo, my goodness. My goodness. We worry about that. We worry about we stopped counting numbers years ago. Stop counting the numbers because we just want to find out if number one is going to show up. And that's God. He's number one. As long as number one shows up, we're good. And what happens is, saints, the more and more that we allow the Holy Spirit to have his place, then people start finding comfort within the church. We stop looking at all the stuff and thinking we need everything else. We start looking to him and saying, God, you alone can, can cure me, change my heart, and help me to become, from a spiritual standpoint, who I should become. And so for, for us... It's important that we, that we embrace this because that's the sign of the healthy church. When you come in, do you feel the presence of God? Is God in our midst? 
Is the Holy Spirit here? I mean, why else are we here? He said, in walking in the fear of the Lord and in comfort of the Holy Spirit, he says they were multiplied. Multiplication. This is another sign of a prosperous church. Now the church begins to grow numerically. People start, uh, once cured people cure people. Heal people, heal people. Delivered people, deliver people. Bless people, bless people. Can I have an amen, y'all? We start getting that in our mind that God is working on me because he wants me to start working on somebody else. That's how the church begins to multiply. When we develop the fear of the Lord, we can help people develop the fear of the Lord. The church begins to multiply. Multiplication begins to take, to take root. Unless the grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. That's the, the reason why he wants you to die is so you can multiply. He wants you to die to your old self so that you can multiply your new self. And for all of us here, it's, that's what God does. Multiplication isn't just an event. We thank God for events. We thank the, But when every person, when everybody in this room is d- denying themselves, taking up their cross and following Jesus, and they're allowing Jesus, the goodness of Jesus to be revealed through them, then people, other people are going to want that. And it causes multiplication. Saints, that's what God is looking for. If we're constantly, if, if, if we've been a church, if we've been a church for, for 15 years and, and, and we only had two new members, you got to figure out what's going on because that, that's not the Lord. If he doesn't give you multiplication, at least he's going to give you addition. Can I, can, can I have an amen? You don't get you don't get something, you know what I mean? We've been plowing, we still have 15 members. Well, somebody not do itself right, man. You know, so, but what I'm saying is, is when the more people get whole or become a whole, the more they're able to make others whole. That's what we need. Our church should grow, but it should grow the right way. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about gimmick growth. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, just, I'm talking about, a church is going to grow, it's going to grow through transfer growth. God moves people from church to church, that's fine. But it's, it's going to grow through backsliders coming home. People were out there in the street. They, they messed up. They left God, but they're coming home. We praise God for that too. But we want some new converts. Some people that, some people that they don't know anything about church. When you say tur- turn your Bible to the book of, of John, they don't know where it is. We want that. We want people to come out. We, you, we know some people coming in the church. They just came out the street. They might, they might cuss still a little bit. Well, let's help them out. You know, let's get them, in, let's get them off. You know, let's get them cleaned up. Let's, that, you can't just catch the fish and then leave it there on the porch. Man, you better take that thing and clean it up. Can I have an amen? And yeah, it's going to be slimy. Yeah, it's going to be sticky. Yeah, it's going to slip out of your hand sometime. You're just going to drop and you're going to have to pick it up. Yeah, it's got some eyeballs. You're going to have to cut some stuff off. Can, do I have any fishermen in the house? That's what I'm talking about. But this is what we need. We need a church. 
We need a church where we're not afraid to get dirty with people who are just coming off the streets and off of drugs and off of all kinds of mess. And we're going to clean you up and we're going to see God and we're going to put you here and God's going to blow you up. That's how the church should primarily grow and multiply. Because people see they're in the midst of all their sliminess and they see you and say, man, I want that. You got peace. You seem like you're very comforted all the time. I watch you go through trials and look at you. You're not flipping out. You you seem like you got it together, even though I know you told me you got some problems. But it seemed like you've been comforted. What is that? Man, we tried to get you to slip up a couple times. You got the fear of God, don't you? You're not playing with this religious stuff, are you? You're serious about this religious stuff, aren't you? Yeah, I want that. That's what we want. We want. People, I don't know where that, I don't know, you know where I can get a Bible? You ever been in a Bible bookstore? No. Bible bookstore? They got like bookstore just for Bibles? That's what we want. Can I have an amen, y'all? We want, don't, don't frown at that. Say praise God. That's a good one right there. That's the multiplication that we're looking for. And that's the multiplication that God's trying to bring to this church, that God's trying to bring in your life, that God's trying to use us to impact. Stop. People are, going, people are in the world, they're doing what they're, they, they do. Don't flip out. See, that's why God saved me, so I can go help people like that and be a blessing. Saints, we're going to have stuff, and I thank God for all the stuff that God gave us. And has given us and will give us. He's not done blessing us individually and corporately as a church. But let's not think for one second of one moment that the sign of our prosperity is solely in the stuff we got. These characteristics are the signs of a prosperous church. And we want every single one of them. We've got to have in this house the fear of the Lord. We've got to have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We've got to have multiplication. We have got to be individuals in this church that are allowing God to deal with us. We have to. We, we have to be people in this church that allow peace and edification to clearly be evident within our midst. So when people come in the door, that's what they see. Because you know Buildings come and they go. Stuff, stuff in life happens. But man, when you get around these people, these qu- character qualities are what they have. And Lord Jesus, it's what we want. And so Lord, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to be reminded of what you see and what you're looking for in a prosperous church. The first century church was such a blessing in the impact that they had is being felt 2,000 years later. We want to be that kind of church. We want to be those kind of individuals that our impact is felt thousands of years later, that we set in motion something. And Lord, in this house, I pray that you would help us to, to be a church that, that, that these qualities, Lord, they are clear. And we strive to see you perfect this in our midst. Lord, please forgive us for our distractions or anything that will hinder us 
from becoming like this. We want this in, a, in the house. And Lord, I just pray for every single person here that when people go into their house, this is what they see. This is what they feel. This is what they experience. And Lord, I just ask, not only for this church, but you said all over the region, this was the character quality of all those in Samaria and Judea. That, Lord, it had become evident that this is what was going on in the church. We need this, not just for the well, but for the, all the churches in the Tri-Valley. We need this for all the churches in the Bay Area. Lord, we're asking you to move in our midst and, and convict your people and help us to turn to what you're looking for and not what the world is demanding. Lord, the world doesn't define the church. Your word defines the church. You define the church. And Lord, help us to be people that conform to your will concerning the church. Lord, we're asking this morning that you would prosper us. Prosper this ministry. Prosper your people in the earth. And Lord, we promise to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.